and I'd play NHL hockey games, such as NHL 94 starring Ron Barr. Oh, jeez, you always got to do that. Love that so much. You're listening to Unscripted with Mike and Chris, brutally honest sports talk. And now, here is Mike Jansen. It's so funny to sit here. And I'm worried about how I look on a goddamn uh, video <laughs> component. Oh, my God, I'm so vain. Um, as we say hi and welcome you to this uh, 523rd episode of Unscripted, our second video, uh, well, we still have the audio part, but the video component of Unscripted with Mike and Chris, yeah. it's quite exciting. Hopefully it works. Yeah, I think it will. If, if you're behind it, it's going to work. Uh, Chris is going to get these new video components. As he mentioned in, in 522, that we will have, obviously, still the audio component on all those different uh, social media and, and platforms that uh, you can listen to unscripted. But now we're adding another little component as Chris has diligently worked to get us a video part of the program. And it'll be up to up once it's up to Chris's satisfaction, of course, it'll be up on the YouTube and you can take a look at what we look like. And um don't be surprised. Um, a lot of things to talk about. Had a lot of fun in 522. It's been a couple of weeks since Chris and I have gotten together because of scheduling conflicts, conflicts. And I don't know if I'll be taking as big a break in July because I just do not feel comfortable right now subjecting my wife and child to potentially as many as 100,000 new cases of COVID a day down in the United States. I do know this morning, Governor Newsom closed California again. Mm-hmm. California was ordered this morning. All bars, restaurants, all those kind of things have been uh, back to being closed. And uh, so, um, I don't know. It's a, you know, I always used to say and still do the wonderful and wacky world of sports, but I don't know if anything is more more wacky these days. I don't know about wonderful, but certainly wacky in the times that we're living in with this COVID-19 and, and the ups and downs and the, and the momentum and the pen, pendulum swings as you think, like here in Canada, we're getting all excited because we're actually flattening the curve here. But then you've got a person like me that needs to go down and say goodbye to my father. And come on, guys, I don't think there's a smart person that would make that trip right now. So because I found my golf swing again, I've made a couple of tea times <laughs> the middle of June, I should call your dad, and uh, I'm going to Kelowna, uh, middle of uh, or August, August, I August mean, yeah, okay. late July, early August. I've made a couple of tea times in Kelowna, British Columbia to play golf because I think that's where we're going to end up. Um, I know we've got to tell a lot of people that we're not coming, but um, I just don't think it's worth the risk right now if the numbers stay as unbelievably high as they have been to uh, continuing to be that high in the United States. That's just too big of uh, that's too big a risk to take in my estimation. Um, as we say again, hello and welcome to this 523rd episode of Unscripted. We're going to concentrate this episode on all things that are happening in the National Football League. And I do want to make mention, and it's not in my notes, but it's on the top of my head. Mark Murphy, the president of the Green Bay Packers, sent out a letter to all shareholders, so my brother-in-law Bill would have gotten this letter, to all Packer shareholders that please be prepared that the Packers are planning on playing the 2020 home season without fans this year. And I think that's going to be the norm for the National Football League. Um, It just seems uh, unbelievably weird to not have fans in Lambeau Field this year and and any other, you know, that's just my favorite team, but I'm just saying anybody else's home team, favorite team. I mean, can you imagine watching the Kansas City Chiefs play in Arrowhead next year without fans? That's kind of weird. Um, 
but we will see. At least Murphy is out there in the forefront telling people that this is what you should expect. And if we do and are allowed to bring fans into our stadiums, you have to have a mask at the very least. And um, there's going to be social distancing. And they've already done that to Lambeau Field where they've taken, and again, this has been mandated by the league, but the first eight rows of everybody's stadiums will be tarped over as a way to, again, more social distancing. So I'm, I'm thinking we're going to see National Football League's games in 2020. They're just going to look a whole lot different in my estimation with some of the social distancing things that you have to do and a lot of things to talk about in the National Football League. And one story that seemingly is gaining traction every day is it's time to call your home team another name. The Washington Redskins are looking finally into changing the name Redskins. Daniel Schneider and new head coach Ron Rivera are looking into that. And Rivera made a statement as late as this morning saying that he hopes that they can enact this by the start of the 2020 season. The Redskins are looking into it. In in Major League Baseball, the Cleveland Indians are actively now looking to change Chief Wahoo and the name Indians as the team name in Cleveland. And funny as you have that happening in Washington, D.C. and in Cleveland, the Atlanta Braves have come out and said, no, we're, we're going to stay the Braves. Oh, good. Wow. They like the Braves. Good for them. We're going to stay there. That takes balls in this day and age, It really though. does. really does. I yeah. mean, uh, I'm surprised, to be honest with you. And I think probably when FedEx, because FedEx owns yeah. the naming rights to Snyder Stadium for the Redskins, when they pulled their sponsorship or threatened to pull their sponsorship that probably got daniel schneider thinking well maybe we should change the name well also i think one of the top executives <coughs> excuse me okay one of the top executives uh, i believe of fedex also works for the redskins as well yeah so, you're right yeah, yeah so i mean there's a lot tying dan snyder's always said before that uh, oh we'll never change the name correct and now they announced a review and he said he'd consider it so now it, it's clearly going to change I heard something on social media. I don't know if it was from the team or not, but the Edmonton Eskimos looking at it as well. I hadn't heard that one. Yeah, I had I not heard, heard the Eskimos, but the Redskins have uh, so some suggestions that have been suggested to them involve the names Red Tails. That's the one supposedly is the leader in the clubhouse, if you will. Red Hawks. That doesn't sound right to me. I didn't hear that one, no. I heard Red Tails, Red Hawks, Warriors. Now, whoa, Warriors, that bothers me a little bit. Not because it's the Redskins. I don't care about the Redskins. It's the name Warriors. Because I'm from Wisconsin, and years ago, the second biggest university in the state of Wisconsin is Marquette University in Milwaukee, winners of the 1977 NCAA Basketball Tournament Championship. Doc Rivers, the coach of the LA Clippers, went to college at Marquette. So maybe that'll give you a little background. But years ago... They were the Marquette Warriors. And I would say about 10 years ago, maybe 15 years ago, because that was politically incorrect in the eyes of some people in the state of Wisconsin, they changed it to the Marquette Golden Eagles. I hate that name, Golden Eagles. Jesus Christ, it sounds like you've got... I'm not even going to go there. But (laughs) I just don't think you can allow Warriors in this day and age. I, I don't know. I know there's the Golden State Warriors. I get it. But... If you've made a change from Warriors once, even though it was on the NCAA, uh, you know, in the NC2As, it's still a major college program. Warriors, to me, would just bring on a potentially another 
round of bullshit. Yeah. One one name that has come up, and I think this is hilarious. It's stupid and hilarious all at the same time. But one suggestion has been named with a soccer connotation. You know, they do that with like Toronto FC and the LAFC and the meaning football club and Salt Lake FC, the Salt Lake football club. Football, I guess somebody told me means soccer anywhere else outside the United States. But somebody is suggesting, suggested the Washington football club. Hmm. Does a team even need a nickname? Again, Rivera is hoping that this can happen uh, as quickly as the start of the 2020 season, whenever that may be. Um, Also, and I want your comments on this right away, right away. I've been, uh, I am, I kind of, I kind of knew, I think you couldn't, if you're the New England Patriots and you have won six Super Bowls, you've been to nine Super Bowls, Belichick is, is right now, uh, engineering one of the greatest histories and one of the greatest dynasties in pro sports, not just the National Football League, with his successes since he took over in Boston 100 years ago. It's been unbelievable. Regardless of Watergate and Spygate, and not Watergate, that's that's Richard Nixon, but Spygate and all the other gates, Deflate Gate that they've been through, and they got nailed again the other day with a second-round draft pick and a fine for video camming or videotaping the... Cincinnati Bengals, which is surprising in itself. Because who the hell right. needs to videotape the Cincinnati Bengals? They were a one-win team. Yeah, who the hell needs the to videotape them? I don't know. But they got in trouble for that. But the Patriots made news mid-last week with the signing of a, to an incentive-laden one-year deal with former MVP, former Carolina Panther, former Heisman Trophy winner from Auburn University, Cam, I don't know how to dress yet, Newton, what do you think? Can he beat out Jared Stidham in in Boston? And does this make the Patriots a playoff contender? Or were they one already going into the season? I mean, they're still in the AFC least. And I know Buffalo has improved, but the Jets and the Dolphins are still there. Um, Let me just ask you point blank. What do you think of number one signing with Belichick and uh, Mr. Kraft? up there with the New England Patriots. Yeah, it's been expected for a long time. Cam Newton should still be a decent player. He's been a lot more injury-prone since he became vegan. I don't know if he still is, but that's when I think his problems really started. He stopped having that fun attitude, it seemed, and he started getting injured all the time. So maybe he just needs to uh, fix his diet a little bit. But I don't know. I hope that he's okay. But uh, I'll be cheering for him a little less on the Patriots. But they still have great coaching, great defense, great special teams. And their biggest weakness, which is their receiving core, uh, he can help cover that up uh, by rushing a little more. I'm wondering if they might go to more of a Lamar Jackson style and just say, hey, you know, we got a ton of running backs, including James White as a great receiving back and Rex Burkhead, who can both sure. do that role quite well, yep. rush it with Cam, always have good O-lines and just do it that way and just try and run out the clock and grind people down and have a great defense. Uh, I, th- I think it makes a lot of sense. Uh, And when it comes to the uh, Washington thing, uh, it's funny because Dan Snyder made his mark and made his fortune with his company called Red Zebra. So I would laugh and laugh and laugh if he called them the Red Zebras. That would be the funniest thing to me. Oh, man, you could have a lot of fun with that logo. But anyway, no, um, the football club thing is stupid. I've never liked that even in soccer. That just means you're uncreative. Correct. Uh, Lazy. FC football. like. What are we going to have like this? Is that what they're... Watch. It's going to be called Seattle HC, the Seattle <laughs> Hockey Club. Like, 
<laughs> really? Like you have the chance to name something and that's what you come up with? I mean, it's pathetic. That's right. Seattle hasn't named. They were going, they were to, going to before this happened. I think they've chosen yeah. it. I think yeah. they've chosen it. They were going to announce yeah. it and then COVID hit and then they go, right. okay, well, we're not going to announce it now. So it's too bad because I am really interested to see what that is going to be. I think that the Red Tails has a good chance because I think Washington will want to keep their color scheme. Oh, yeah. And it's nice to have the same initials and to start with the word red again. And so I had to look up Red Tails because I didn't understand what that meant. I have no idea what it means. So it's uh, actually a military reference, and it's and it's a way of honoring um, some very special African Americans, actually, because I believe, from what I read, the Red Tails, it was a squadron that uh, had to do with uh, Tuskegee. The, 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 the Tuskegee Airmen. Airmen. Okay. I yeah. think it's them. So, I've heard about them. You yeah. know, it was a group of uh, black men who, you know, served their country while fighting racism at home and everything so i mean it makes a lot of sense as a name if you if you under if if that's why you're changing it so and then it's not that much of a different like red skins red tails like right. it's not a massive change you know just uh you know in uh, i mean you'd have to change the logo basically yeah you change the logo you can keep the color scheme if you want right uh they could they could brighten it up a bit or so to be honest i mean i don't the, the redskins uh, color scheme is unique at least yeah, yeah. but i don't i've never liked it like it's it's kind of no. uh, right no, so i mean I, yeah i i'm at total agreement with you there i mean uh, i think it's the politically correct thing to do in this day and age well you know what i like and usually something being politically correct makes me not want to do it but uh in this case there it keeps coming up so do you know what just move past it i'm i'm kind of surprised that like i mean I don't think now maybe Redskins specifically may be seen as, you know, insulting or offensive to people. Uh, but I mean, when you call someone like the Cleveland Indians, like, I don't know. I don't understand how that's offensive. You know, I mean, maybe it is. And I just not I'm not. Aware I, of it, I, don't I don't understand that, that. But I think, you know, everybody is on high alert to make sure that they're not doing anything that can be insulting to many different ethnicities, not just the African-Americans, but. Uh, I just think that everybody's trying to be on their best behavior. And, um, you know, I just, my problem, I guess, a little bit is that the Redskins have been around, I believe, right off the top of my head since the 1930s. Oh, yeah, they're an old franchise. Well, yeah, they're there about the same time the Eagles came in, and the Eagles came in in 1934. So the Giants came in and around, in and around this time, um, you know. But the history and, and, and all the things that they've accomplished as an organization, even more so, I think, with the Indians than the Redskins. I mean, the Redskins have won Super Bowls under Joe Gibbs, and they were a great, they had a great run there with the Hogs and John Riggins. Yeah, they have and, five Super Bowls. Right, and, yeah. and Joe Theismann and, and uh, yada, yada. But uh, I, I just, the history and, and the record books. And, but again, in this day and age, we have to be responsible for what we're cheering for and who we're cheering for. And I think... Regardless if I don't understand everything, I mean, it's not, there's nothing insulting about Packers. So well, I don't have to worry about it in Green Bay. But uh, there are obviously some teams that feel that they need to step up their game in regard to how they want them to be, you know, how they want it perceived, perceived is the word, thank you, perceived throughout the world and, and uh, through this day and age. And I think that though maybe I don't understand it, in regard more so to Indians and Redskins, um, I do applaud it that they're at least looking into it. Yeah. And um, But it'll just seem weird to see potentially the Cleveland what as the baseball team. Well, you know what? I, I, I like to think of it as I try to picture how I'll be in 
10 or 20 years and how I'll, I'll think of things and then look back at it. And we're just so used to the Washington Redskins being around that we just, you know, it's just, it's almost like when you meet a celebrity, you don't, you like if I met a celebrity, I'd almost have to, and even if I knew them, I feel like I'd have to think for a second what's their first name. Because, you know, like if I see Matt Damon, it's like, it's almost like it's one word in my head, Matt Damon. Yeah. Right. And so you have to think, and hi, Matt. Oh yeah, his name's Matt. Okay. Like, yeah. and it's like that. It's, it's the Washington Redskins. And it's just, that's just what they're called. You just, your brain knows how that kind of flows. And um, you don't really think about red skins, and, right. and well, for I, sure. I don't anyway. No, for sure, and I don't either. So maybe in if they get rid of it right away, maybe in you know even in a few years, five ten years, we look back and we're like, well, red skins. That kind of sounds funny now, you know. And then people who had were younger, and, right? And uh, they grew up. They're like, you used to call things the red skins. Right. Or you, what the hell's wrong with you? And in fairness, it was was something made in the thirties where society was basically in its infancy really so yeah i mean i I think when we look back at it it does sound pretty ridiculous but we're just so used to it right now we don't question it what would you do if you saw president kanye west in the uh (laughs) i just i'm sorry i just can't believe that this this guy is is Actually, I think this is a publicity stunt is what I think. I well, Again, the question is, did he come up with it yeah, or did Trump or did they together? And I mean, I could see Trump saying, hey, you know, like, yeah. this is perfect. You get a publicity stunt. You know, I help uh, you help me win. We're buds. It's great. Yeah. I mean, or I mean, Kanye, but t- Kanye could have totally just come up with it. Uh, on his oh, own. Oh, I, I don't think he's that bright. I'm sorry. But, uh, well, needed, you don't have to be bright to say, help. I'm going to run for president. Well, that's true. I mean, you know, but uh, let's stay in the National Football League. I just, I just, my mind is swimming with that one. My God. Oh, Kanye, just, uh, President Kanye West. It's just, it's just a way to help Trump get votes, whether he's meaning to or not. Right, exactly. Oh, I, that's, yeah, that's, that's a great way to look is. at or it. Or to help him win, not get votes. Technically. First, there was an announcement in about a week ago or so, as we say hi and again say thanks for joining us on this 523rd our second video episode of Unscripted since episodes 200 and 201 when we were joined back then by a guy that I think should be in the Hockey Hall of Fame, but he's not, our buddy Bernie Nichols. Um, I got to say this. 150-point season, only one of five guys not to do it. And, oh yeah, that's another thing we forgot to do. Since we we weren't able to get together last week, um, I'll get back to the NFL in a moment, but I, w- I did want to say, and obviously Chris and I are not fans of the local hockey team, but I think it was a great day for Jerome McGinley when he got, uh, he was awarded entry or one nomination or whatever. He got voted in to the hockey hall of fame in Toronto, uh, regardless of our feelings about the Calgary flames and their lack of leadership, their lack of thinking, their lack of a lot of things, um, the lack of a building, um, lack of Stanley Cup championships, lack of division titles, lack of good players, lack of coaching, lack of good ownership. <laughs> um, besides all that, I have had the opportunity to meet Jerome McGinley on many different occasions. Um, he lives here, or did, he doesn't any longer, but used to live in Calgary, up in the southwest where I live. And um, very nice guy. A very deserving hockey player, um, uh, was part of a couple of uh, gold medal winning uh, Team Canada men's championships at the Olympics and in world championships. And regardless of our feelings about the Calgary Flames, I want to say congratulations to Jerome McGinley 
for making it into the Hockey Hall of Fame. I think it's a great honor and too bad he spent so many years here, but he is a deserving guy. He was the face of this franchise on a lot of, you know, the only really good player on a lot of bad hockey teams. And uh, I just think that that was a very deserving honor for number 12 to get into the Hockey Hall of Fame. And I'm talking about Jerome McGinley. Oh, yeah, of course. He was always a likable guy. He's from Edmonton as well. Yeah, there you go. Uh, was in that classic trade for Joe Neuendyke. And yeah, he really had a great career. He probably deserved that cup in 2004. Yeah, and just for uh, him. Yeah, just him for and him. Him and Kiprasov. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He got ripped off there. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, he was a great, great player. He could fight. He could score as Don Cherry said, and he was just really as much of a total package yeah. as you're ever going to see. Like, uh, you know, a ferocious leader, but unbelievably kind and personable in well, person or with the media. Absolutely. And that's why I want to relay this story. I was sitting rinkside when he was with Colorado at the end. I had uh, gotten Nick Loopy's tickets from Loopy Luxury Homes. I should start plugging Loopy Luxury Homes. Maybe Nick will become a, a sponsor. We want a beautiful home built? Ask Nick Loopy at Loopy Luxury Homes. There's your there's your thing of the day, Nick. Uh, but anyway, I had I had his tickets, and Aginla is coming off the ice after his last shift, and a little Flames fan with number twelve. Aginla has his jersey. Aginla stops from going up the runway, kind of motions the little kid to come over, shakes his hand, says thank you, and gives him his game stick. Nice. And I'm going, come on. I mean, you might not like the Flames like Chris and I, and you may not think they're very run very well like Chris and I, and we, you know, they, you think they're a couple of, you know, more than a couple of idiots on the board of directors in regard to the Calgary Flames like Chris and I. But my God, the guy is class. He deserves to be a Hall of Fame. And now that we got a Ginla in, I think we got to start a campaign to get Bernie in. Yeah, <laughs> because look at it. Again, as before, I was interrupted by my own memory. Bernie Nichols is one of five guys in National Hockey League to have a 150-point season, and he's the only one of the five not to be in the Hall of Fame. And I think realistically, and we've asked Bernie this point blank, and Bernie's just too nice to say anything bad because he's just a genuinely nice guy. But Bernie Nichols, I, I think, and now that Aginla is in without a cup, I think you've got to find room for Bernie Nichols because I think that's the only thing holding Bernie Nichols back is not having won a Stanley Cup championship. I think his numbers are good enough, and I think his numbers from that 1989 season are good enough and should be good enough to get him in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, and he does have a cup as a coach as well. Correct, absolutely. Which, which is good, right. so at least he's got that. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I always liked Bernie Nichols as a kid growing up, uh, whether he's with the Oilers or not. And, you know, I mean, I'd play NHL hockey games, such as NHL 94 starring Ron Barr. Oh, jeez, you always got to do that. Love that so much. Uh, but anyway. We're on video now, so yeah. I can't do it under the table <laughs> like I used to when you used to do that to me. But anyway, yeah, so uh, I, I always just liked Bernie Nichols. I just really did. And, yeah, he, he's a great player, and he deserves it. And that's all there is to it. Let's get back to the National Football League. My mind is wandering. Um, we haven't been together in a couple of weeks. Got a lot of things to talk about. First, there was an announcement about a week or so ago that the National Football League was trimming the preseason uh, season down from four to two games. That's good. That's a good start. Here's a better start. There is now a report that says the NFLPA is against preseason games altogether. You know what, guys? I truly believe this, and I think that these moving forward in a controlled environment, 
I think that these 32 NFL teams could get more having practices against each other. I know that they've outlawed it this offseason because of coronavirus. I get that. But let's eliminate these jokes that are called preseason games. Let's have these teams practice against each other. Joint scrimmages. Joint scrimmages, thank you. I would like to see more joint scrimmages. I think both teams get more out of it and move on and and make your roster decisions. I know there's going to be a bigger practice squad this year and maybe moving forward because the collective bargaining agreement obviously is coming up, and that's a big bone of contention right now is that they want to expand the uh, practice squads because they're afraid of people either getting hurt, obviously in football, or sick with coronavirus that they're going to need to find replacements. And I think a natural way to do that is with bigger practice squads and even allow some veterans on the practice squad, not just guys that have only been in the league one or two years yet. Allow a practice squad for some veterans that could be used as basically insurance policies due to injury or illness moving forward. But I just think that these preseason games are a joke. All they do is really heighten the chance of injury in meaningless, worthless games. And I and I really feel for, obviously the players don't want to and put their bodies you know, in these worthless games. I understand that, a higher risk of injury. But I also feel about for the fans for this, that actually are part of their, for season ticket holders, these games are part of their season ticket package, but they're paying full boat for them. And also just the walk-up fans that are paying full boat. A lot of places like in Green Bay, and again, you know me, I'm going to know Green Bay better than anybody else. A lot of ways, the only way that non-season ticket holders can watch the Green Bay Packers play is to watch one of their two home preseason games. And during those two home preseason games, hasn't been a lot of Aaron Rodgers sightings. I mean, I'm just... And why would you expose Aaron Rodgers to a preseason game? I get that. But the fans paying full boat for a half-assed product, to me, doesn't make much sense. And I hope that the NFL... Excuse me, Mr. Goodell, Jane's husband. I hope somebody's listening to what Mo Smith and the NFL Players Association has to say here because I think there's a lot more positives getting rid of the preseason games than keeping these this, these worthless exhibitions. Yeah, you know what? I actually am hoping that uh, this is one of those silver linings from Corona and that is that maybe the uh, preseason is permanently improved. I'm not even trying to single out Goodell here, but just humans in general, even ones who are supposed to be big executives in general, uh, are scared of making bold moves and in general, uh, really default to the status quo. And that shouldn't be much of a consideration. And I like that at least, you know, you I was shocked to find out from you a while back that the preseason used to be six games. Correct. That's yeah. unbelievable. Till about 77, That's somewhere in there. Unbelievable. Yeah. Anyway, but... And the, sorry, but the Bears used to play the Packers in the preseason. Whew. Uh, any cheap shots there? Oh, absolutely, all the time. Yeah. That's... And back then, when they played the preseason games, starters played like it was... Yeah, yeah. I mean, there wasn't any substitution patterns. There wasn't anybody taking three-quarters of the game off. Uh, uh, the starters played till you know, crazy. late into the fourth quarter. Crazy. It's crazy. But anyway, so because everything was stuck at four, it would seem so hard to get it down to two. But now if we go down to zero, which I hope they do this year, nobody nobody cares about losing the preseason, except that it is a fairly ominous sign about the regular season is the only scary thing. But for the preseason itself, I don't care if it's gone. 
But for next year, then, if you're coming from zero instead of from four right. in a year, then maybe it's like, well, maybe we only put back two. Well, yeah. Or maybe joint practices. Or maybe uh, a one-week preseason in a neutral location or something like that. I have always said, and I think you'll agree with me when I say this, is that I think in a normal scenario, two might be good just because one to knock off the rust for the veterans. Mm-hmm. The second one is for roster spots, 23 through 53, to battle for roster spots. Yeah. Starters do not see the field the second preseason game. Yeah, I was thinking, like, you want one home, one away, or right. else just, just one neutral and that's it. But if you want kind of two weeks, one for roster spots and one for veterans, then then two's okay. I can, I can live with one or two, uh, but any more than two is just completely unnecessary. At this point, I mean, once we're used to this, four... Four oh. seems like six yeah. at this point because it's just so ridiculous. Seems overkill. Yeah, yeah. Two two max. One neutral or two is in a home and away or just do joint practices or whatever and that's it. But, uh, you know, and especially since they're um, looking at adding uh, more games anyway, yeah. like then that makes it easier to right. do that both in terms of wear and tear on players and in terms of scheduling. You can just start the season slightly earlier or something, but... Anyway, yeah, I hope they uh, I hope they get rid of the preseason for the most part or just have the bare minimum. No one's going to miss it, but it is a bit of a scary sign when it comes to uh, impact mm-hmm. on the regular season because it's not going to just go away unless we get a vaccine uh, pretty soon, which I don't think we'll get it quite in time for the NFL season, if I had to guess. It, it's going to be difficult because uh, just all, uh, all or most markets are, uh, I think, behaving very irresponsibly in terms of the fan bases in the NFL cities. And they're That's just... That's a nice way to put it. You know, it's it's so... I mean, I get... It'll be interesting to see how uh, betting lines are impacted by this. Yes. Because, because traditionally, on average, you get about three points home field advantage in the NFL. And now, why would you get anything? Yeah. I mean, maybe you... I mean, if it's hockey, you can, you know, know your boards a little bit and how they bounce or whatever. But in football... You know, or even in baseball, like the parks can be different, but not that that matters too much. You're still trying to hit a home run. But in football, there's not really any on the field. I mean, well, I think, you know, grass versus turf, I guess. Or grass, versus and, and conditions. Yeah. I mean, that's it. Well, that's, what's that worth? One point on a betting line? I guess. Yeah. I wouldn't think One, a whole bunch. I maybe? mean, if you're playing at minus 13 in Green Bay in 1967, that's worth something to the home team. But, you know, but okay. Again. But like, uh, let's say Atlanta's playing Indy. You got two dome yeah, teams. There's no, there's nothing there. Nothing. I I, I couldn't agree with you like more. You like seeing the blue around? Right. Like, I mean, I don't know. One point max if you can really come up with something, but I don't even think that. A couple things from the National Football League before we get out of here on this 523rd episode of our little program. Uh, first, uh, just something that really caught my eye, and I didn't know, to be honest. And I'm an American. I live in this great country, but I am and am born and bred American, and I did not know that this existed. And what I'm talking about is the National Football League is reporting that the league is expecting to play the Black National Anthem before Week 1 games. Now, here's my question. What is the Black National Anthem? I have no idea. I had never heard of that. No, me neither. I had never heard of that. So I'm. I, if anybody out there in Unscripted Land knows about a Black National Anthem, I would certainly like to know it. Is Barry White singing it? Is uh, Luther Vandross singing it? Um, and I don't mean to be disrespectful. I'm not making a joke of it. I don't know. I would like to know if somebody can inform Chris and I if they know about a black national anthem. I did not know. I only knew of the one 
star-spangled banana at the beginning of every sporting event that I've been at or watched since I can remember started with the same song done by Francis Scott Key. But I did not know that there is a black national anthem. So is that please, new maybe? It might be new? I have no idea. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm not making a joke. I really do not know. So I'm asking people to inform Chris and I if you know what the black national anthem is, I sure would like to know. Question. If the NFL, and this has been posed supposedly by people high up, hierarchy up in the National Football League, if the NFL asked fans to sign a waiver to prevent teams from being exposed to COVID-19 lawsuits before entering NFL stadiums potentially in the fall, would you sign a waiver? Uh, if I'm going to go, then yeah. I mean, I, I think it's pretty easy to make people sign it because people are either going to stay home uh, and not going to want to go at all, or they're going to go and not care. And that's going to be most people is going to be one of those two camps. Yeah. And the odd people that do care and want to go and are willing to go, uh, I know that they're going to have some sort of procedures in place, like mandatory masks and social distancing, which would be really tough in an uh, arena or stadium environment. So I don't know. It, it would be interesting if, if, if they only allowed, let's say it was really bad and they only allowed a few people in, like every section only had right. a handful of people. Right. Like imagine at Lambo, like how expensive those tickets would be. Wow. You know, like we're, we're allowing in 2,000 people. Like, imagine those tickets. Right now, supposedly, I've heard this, and it's not official, but I've heard this. Lambo seats 81,000. They have got a plan in place, if they are allowed some fans, starting in the fall, that they've got a plan in place for about half of that. Okay, but you still have 40,000 people, and that's like two NHL, that's like, yeah, a good two two NHL NHL arenas. That's a lot of people. That's a lot of people. Is there really... A difference between forty and eighty thousand. Well, yeah, because you can just spread them out a little bit more. But not really. I, though. I, 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 exactly. I mean, th- again, this is all in the unknown. We really don't know. Um, you know, but supposedly there is a plan in place that the Packers have shown somebody at one park place. That's the NFL offices in New York City. That they have a plan in place that seating somewhere in the forty thousands. For a Packers game. So, I would like to see a doctor, or ideally multiple doctors, come out and say that there would be any benefit at all to 40,000 people as opposed to 80,000. Dr. Doctor Fossey. He said that. No, 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 no. But he would, the, he would be the guy that I would listen oh, to. Oh, sure. I, I just, I can't picture it though. I no, just, I don't I can't. either. I, 40 I, instead of 80. Listen, if you ask me this question, I'm going to say no. Because I'm one of the people, remember episode 488. A week before we, when we taped that, a week before, the week before, we taped that episode, 488, a week before my dad died. And in that episode, we talked about marriage and we talked about, you know, I was really scared that I wouldn't get to see my dad again and boom, a week later he's gone. So I must have some crystal ball in this old gray hair of mine. But we also had gone over a report done from the Stillman School of Business at Seton Hall University that said 73% of the people that responded to this survey said that they wouldn't go back to a stadium until there was a vaccine. And I would be one of those 73%. I would not go back to a, a professional sports venue. Well, in Canada, I think I would, but not in the United States right now, as is. I would not go back into a U.S.-based uh, 
sports facility until there was a vaccine. I'm just that scared of it because okay. I'm seeing what is happening to people and I'm seeing it spread and I'm seeing too many people showing disrespect. And, and I just think for me personally, if you were to ask that question to me, I would say no, because until there's a vaccine, my ass isn't going into an NFL, NBA, yada, yada, yada stadium. If I had to guess, and I, and I think that's great that you feel that way. Uh, if I had to guess, I would say that I can't anticipate that there would be anywhere that would have trouble filling up whatever the new capacity was. Um, unless it's somewhere that already has trouble feel like, you know, the Miami Dolphins hardly get any fans anyway, but anywhere else that's uh, not, uh, you know, poorly attended already. I don't, I, I don't, even if there is tons of people, even if you, even if it is three quarters of people, I still feel like whatever the capacity is at Lambeau, they're going to fill it up. Yeah. Well, I just, I think I just, I have a hard time believing. I think if you wanted, many. I truly believe this and this hurts to say, because Lambo without fans is cheating the fans themselves, but it's cheating the viewers too. That's part of the ambiance of Lambo. It's part of the ambiance of Arrowhead in Kansas City. It's part of the ambiance at Gillette Stadium in New England watching the Patriots is the fan participation, the fan, you know, down in Jerry's Jerry's world down in Irving, Texas. But I think it 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 takes away, but the only way that we're ultimately, in my opinion, are going to see this and help, you know, uh, flatten the curve down in the United States is that you've got to have empty houses. I really believe this. I think, you know, because we've already talked about this on previous episodes of Unscripted, the NBA players have been told by the head of the NBA Players Association, um, who I can't remember who it is right at the top, Michelle Roberts is, is this guy's assistant, but doesn't matter. Um, they've already been told to be expecting to play the 2020, the 2020-21 season. Next year, they're telling them, expect to be in empty houses. So um, I don't know. You know, I'm not Dr. Fossey. I'm not. I can read, though, and what I've been reading scares the hell out of me. And uh, I just think that for my little sense of security, I'm not going in back into a stadium until there's a vaccine because I just... I think that if it was a stadium full of you and me, I think we'd be safe. But there aren't a lot of you and me's out there that, again, they don't give a damn about this. They're out partying. They're out. Yeah, they're yeah. out doing their uh, protesting. They're out. Uh, there was a picture just the other day, and this was one of the reasons that Governor Newsom shut down California this morning. Was that there was a big uh, in La Jolla, California. I've been to La Jolla, California many times. That's a suburb of San Diego, beautiful part of the United States, and. You couldn't believe how packed the beaches were. And this one beach, I've been on this beach before. So with that kind of mentality, to get somebody with my kind of mentality back into a, a major sports venue, you better have a goddamn vaccine. Yeah, you need one. And uh, I think it was Fauci said it's just a matter of uh, when, not if. And I know that everyone's working really hard. And I always trust human ingenuity. But uh, we're not used to coming up with something that fast. We're going to get it, but it's coming. Uh, but it's, it's not going to be here next week. That's for damn sure. Yeah. I have I have heard it could be till mid twenty twenty one. Yeah, it could be a while still. I mean, I wouldn't expect it any later than that. I hope based on the, I so many people are working on it. So many smart people are working on it, and you know, you, usually you can get a vaccine in a, a normal in normal times. You can develop one in a year and a half. Right. Um, so, and, and go through all the hoops you have to go to. So I would think we would 
have one with with in less than a year and a half with the whole world working on it. No question. I I, I pray that we do, and I'm not a real religious person. Mm-hmm. Um, I go to the altar of fluke. Um, we've got to run on this 523rd episode of Unscripted, our second kick at the can at our video version of Unscripted with Mike and Chris. And again, just to make sure, um, we still have you still have the accessibility to go on to the 18 different avenues that Chris has set up for you. Um, but this is just another way and another way to see what we do, the voodoo that we do when we get together and do these episodes of Unscripted with Mike and Chris. Having said all that, for the executive producer of Unscripted, Mr. Chris Fluke, I'm Mike Jansen. Until next time.